Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate, I'm Steven. And I'm John. And we're talking about the greatest female wrestler of this generation, Bailey. <laughs> yes. Oh man, saying that she's the greatest, that's going to be, people are going to be like, but Steve, what about Charlotte? Steve, what about Alexa Bliss? Steve, what about Sasha? It's like, look, no shade against Charlotte, but when you want to talk about, and Charlotte's probably the only other one that you could even put in this conversation, but in terms of being able to run matches, being able to sell, make other people look good, elevate a championship, all the things that you have to be able to do, and also being a fucking awesome person to her fans, uh, Bailey is kind of like that total package, right? Because she can do all of those things. And uh, so this is a little bit of a uh, wrestling era stuff that we do our wrestling stuff on, mixed with Beyond the Hate, because we feel like, there's a lot of hate for Bailey, and I don't think it's it's really justified at all because it's one of the hardest workers in the company, and all people want to do is just trash talk her online. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, people always want to say <laughs> say something about um, you know Bailey and Sasha Banks, and when I had the idea to do this for 4th of July, because we're just kind of like hanging out and drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, this is going to be that serious. I'm actually going to like look on Twitter live and try to, uh, find the hate comments about Bailey. Right. Um, and part of this was sort of preempted because you, uh, you, uh, replied to like a photo that she had posted, uh, yeah, like yesterday. It was, it was, um, her with her, you know, her, her, uh, man, um, Aaron Solo. So yeah. Um, and um, I was not to just, be confused with Han. No. <laughs> uh, Han cannot do the, the flippy shit. Aaron can do. Uh, <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, he's he's a pretty good independent circuit wrestler. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I was lucky, dude, or or whatever. And then uh, she actually replied to me. She was like, "How are you doing?" And I'm like. I'm good. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's yeah. he's kind of sandbagging this, but inside his fucking chest was about to burst. Like, oh my god, Bailey's talking to me. Shit. And then uh, I was like, "How are you?" And she was like, "I'm great." And I was like, "You're my favorite." <laughs> and then, and she, then he did the emoji with like the little heart eyes. <laughs> yeah, and then, then she's like, "Thanks." And I was like, "Okay, I think I'm gonna stop there, so I'm not one of those." Uh, weird I'm not. People. I'm not gonna make it creepy and weird. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "I'm happy with that right there." Yeah. At, you know that that can just boom stop right there. I'm just like, "Yep, that's that's a good mission place. accomplished." I'm yeah. Just very happy she talked to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that that's pretty cool. Um, she's a very cool person she probably does that with um a lot of people that are fans of hers on twitter she probably is just like hey how are you doing are you doing good right and some i'm pretty sure she gets to people like oh, you do this you know all this kind of stuff yeah you know um because that's the thing about like you know stuff like twitter and instagram and those kind of places it's you know it can be a really useful thing for the for the wrestlers to be able to reach out and and you know, access their fans and, you know, we, we've already talked a little bit on the other episode about the uh, toxic shit that was going on between Rollins and Osprey. But the thing about Bailey that I think is really cool is that, like, she, she uses her Twitter not to, like, start beefs and to, like, create bullshit. Yeah. She uses it to, like, interact with people that are actually fans 
and she cuts out that negativity stuff, which, you know, is important because like in wrestling, everybody's subjective, right? Because everybody has a fucking opinion about something. And there's, there's plenty of people that have all these negative things to say about her, but it's like, all she is, is just positive to people, you know? And that's why I think little girls like love her and like, you know, parents like to see her because she's kind of like, She's kind of like the sister that everybody would want to have, you know? Right. Like, she kind of gives off that vibe of she's just, like, a super positive sister. Like, she seems like she could be somebody cool in your family, you know? Uh, and not everybody can pull that off, you know? I, I think that, that one of the things that makes her so good at what she does is that she is humble. And she realizes that, you know, she's in a very unique position being able to be, like, a you know, multiple time champion, which by the way, uh, because like Steve sent me the picture and it reminded me that Bailey is the first women's grand slam champion in WWE, the raw women's title, the SmackDown women's title, the women's tag team championship and the NXT women's championship. She's the only woman to have won all four of those belts and the money in the bank and also a money in the bank holder, which is how she got her SmackDown title. So the fact that, you know, she's won a briefcase and then all of those titles, it just goes to show you that even though there's naysayers and nitpickers out there that don't like her, um, the, the company definitely believes in her because of her ability to, you know, what, well, for one, sell merchandise. Cause you see those damn hugger shirts everywhere, you know, but you also see like, little girls like trying to dress up like Bailey and all kinds of stuff. And remember like when she was in NXT and they had that, uh, that girl that was always like, uh, near the ramp on like the front row, like usually like in the corner mm-hmm. that had like her ponytail put sideways, like Bailey and always had signs and stuff. And Bailey would always go like talk to her, like before she'd enter the ring. And I was like, that's some Bret Hart levels of like fan interaction right there. It, it definitely is. And just just to go ahead and start off with a good update, Sasha Banks and Bailey are interacting on Twitter about Sasha Banks coming back. Oh, really? To the WWE. This has happened in the last five hours of what this podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, this the last five hours. Because uh, people breaking are, news, breaking news. I feel like I should have like a little like one of those old timey breaking news, you know, like a little jingle. Yeah. But what it, what it was was is you know Bailey's uh, po- posting some memories, and then um, um, basically there was one of them, and then she was uh, Sasha Banks said something about this is worth fighting for, and then people started asking her. Um, when you're coming back and she said, there's still some stuff to be done. And then people started posting promotional posters, um, that could be official. I don't know. I can't, I can't say or not. Or could be photoshopped. (laughs) Or could be photoshopped, but a lot of people are predicting that Sasha Banks is being held out for Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. Huh? Well, that'd be interesting. Um, because you know Becky, in terms of like her popularity, she's she's pretty popular right now. Uh, Sasha Banks came back. I mean, um, I'd almost say that they would have to take the belt off Becky Lynch and put it on Sasha Banks. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I would say so. Because 
don't know. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are like, seriously, she goes through all that shit to get the belt, you know, off of, you know, Ronda. And then she just loses it at SummerSlam to Sasha, who hasn't had a match since WrestleMania. And people will just automatically complain about that kind of stuff. But it's like, let's face facts. Becky hasn't got the same reaction now that she got when she was, you know, going on her like road to WrestleMania, when she was on her way to WrestleMania, she was getting big crowd pops. Like the Royal rumble crowd was like severely Becky heavy. Right. But the thing that I think people are forgetting is that at the Royal rumble, Becky lost to Oscar straight up tapped to the Oscar lock. And then she like maneuvers her way into the Royal Rumble by basically just, I don't know, telling Fit Finley, well, I want to go in there. And Fit Finley's like, okay, that's cool. You can just enter the Rumble because Lana can't. Lana's ankle was messed up. So then she enters the Rumble and then, you know, wins it. And now they're like, okay, well, now we're going to go on this. Like that. So you're telling me that she wasn't good enough to beat Asuka. But then she's going to go into a triple threat match against Ronda fucking Rousey and Charlotte. And she's going to survive and not only survive, but beat the both of them and pin Ronda. It's like this whole run of her as the man. I don't like this version of Becky. And I know that's probably like, you know, like me and you are kind of on the same page with that. We both love Becky always have, but this version of her seems kind of lame. And then it was like, well, Becky's popular, so why don't we just why don't we just talk up her whole relationship with Seth? That's kind of getting stale now because they're not the kind of couple that needs to be seen on screen. You know? Like if you like we were talking the other day, I was like, Corbin, Baron Corbin and Lacey feel like they have more of a connection to each other. Then Seth and Becky, who are like an actual couple that are for real going out. Yeah, I was even like at Extreme Rules. Maybe they should just take the belt off Seth and Becky and put it on Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. At least it'd be something different. It would be different. Exciting. I mean, Becky, this version of her doesn't really have fun with promos. Seth Rollins just kind of seems like I'm doing what I'm told. And at least Corbin kind of seems like I'm comfortable with this. I'll do what I want to do. Right. And Lacey Evans is like, I'm still learning, but I'm still better at promos than this version of Becky Lynch. Right. So if you're going to, if you're going to do something, I mean, like on uh, one of the Twitter things, uh, uh, somebody was like, who did it better or whatever. And it was like a video of dirty dancing and it was like Bailey and Finn Balor sparring. And they do like a, a couple little flip things like Finn uh. like grabs her and like throws her up in the air kind of thing. And, like, oh yeah. Her, yeah. Yeah. Spins her or whatever. And, uh, that, well, that uh, was when they were doing the, the mixed tag, uh, the mixed tag tournament. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or it was and, like and, the, and, it was like a Bailey, guy and a girl was, tag team. Bailey was like, "We win." <laughs> we win. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you and Finn definitely win. At yeah, everything, at, at everything. Right. <laughs> uh, instead of um, oh god, what was her name? It's like Patrick Swayze. And what was the girl's name in Dirty Dancing? Was it Sissy? No. It wasn't Sissy Spacek. No, no it was. Uh, Keep thinking that's who that is. Oh god, was it Jennifer Grey? Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey, that's right. Okay. I get Sissy Spacek and Jennifer Grey like mixed up all the time. That's weird. One of them did carry, the other one did not. <laughs> but could have, I guess. Yeah. But sometimes I fuck up and I think that, you know, uh, Clint Howard is Wallace Shawn. So, you know. I could see that. Right. I fuck those two Except up all the time. one's like a really, really good actor and the other one's like a, just like a 
kind of a character. Kind of like an Easter egg actor. Like, Wallace Shawn is amazing. Yeah, Wallace Shawn is an Clint amazing Howard actor. Clint is kind of just kind of comical a little bit. He's great, but he's just not. He's not a Wallace Shawn type. You guys don't care, right? Um, <laughs> oh man. But like, I'll go back to this tweet, and I'll just I'll just go through it. Uh, the 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 two pat the two bad I peaked in NXT. Uh, tweet the one where, where Bailey's actually holding the money bank briefcase while she has the Raw and SmackDown Women's title with the uh, the uh, tag team title around her waist and the NXT Women's title sitting in front of her. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the pictures that Steve sent me. That was like, yep, she's uh, this this is like a you know a kind of a snapshot of all the stuff that Bailey's won. And it's like, oh shit, yeah. It's like you kind of forget that she's won all those titles. Yeah. So this is just like uh, Sarah Logan actually put this, and she was like, "Well, Bailey, Bailey lose tonight, please." Um. So that's actually a wrestler that's on the roster, which you don't see anymore. So maybe <laughs> it was, maybe it was because that tweet. Yeah. Um, well, she was supposed to be added to the. Uh, well, it was the Viking Experience. Now they're just the the Viking Raiders. But she was supposed to be added to that group because she's actually married to uh, what's his name, Eric, the, the the skinnier of the dudes. She's actually married to him in real life, so they were going to add her to that group. You know, as kind of like the female Viking of the group, and then she just kind of disappeared from TV. <laughs> so, you know. But the thing about Bailey on Twitter, like you'll get one of those and then you'll get stuff like can't wait for your match tonight and hard eyes. And then you'll be like, I'm rooting for you. I'm ready for Bailey to make history again. Right. And then, you know, uh, you just, um, overflowing with positivity. Yeah. And then like, you can see when someone was removed from a tweet, like they'll just be like this, this, you know, it'll have a little slot there. So this is just naturally how the internet just reacts to Bailey, or Twitter at least. Yeah. Um, Twitterverse. Yeah, the Twitterverse. You know, like a lot of people, just like you got this tonight, Bailey. Uh, and then this one guy's just like, "Hey, we want some Bailey." That could have been um, Xavier Woods. Because <laughs> he's really, really creepy. He's kind of he's kind of a creeper. Yep, What's his favorite Lonely Island song? The Creep. The Creep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he, he gets them arms T-Rexing and those knees flexing. Right. Yeah. Do the Creep. Oh, man. Um. Yeah, so. I'm trying to find something negative. <laughs> it's very hard. Oh, I, somebody put, oh, this, this is bad. The first ever woman's Grand Slam champ. No, I'm just kidding. That's nah, great. it's just positive. Yeah. It's greatness. You go, girl. Make us proud. Asshole. Right. <laughs> uh, shit. It's, it's actually kind of hard to find some negative stuff about this. I wonder if you might have to, like dig a little bit farther to find some of this stuff oh, i'm digging i'm digging yeah so so, so like one thing that i will say uh while you're still looking through that is that i was watching this video uh on um youtube earlier when i was like before i, I went out to work and um uh it was like uh it's like 10 female wrestlers that got signed to wwe uh not for their looks right 
So at first you're thinking like, okay, well maybe this will be like a positive thing. We're not going to focus on everybody's body and we're going to focus on their body of work, right? Like how they are in the ring, how they, you know, they work matches, how they do promos, like that kind of stuff. But it's kind of a backhanded compliment in a way because it's like, oh, well, you, you couldn't have been hired for your looks, but, you know, but because you're so good in the ring, you, you got past all that anyway. You know, and one of the people, I think number two on the list was Bailey. And I'm like, okay, I, I think everybody has this thing that like, in order for you to succeed in like the wrestling business as a female, you have to have like supermodel looks or whatever. And it's like, everybody's taste is different. Uh, you know, there's some people that are like super in love with Alexa bliss. There's people that ha- are like really big into Mandy Rose, you know? Uh, there's like Vince McMahon. He loves Vin- his tiny blondes. Oh yeah. Vince loves tiny blondes. I, it, it, I think it goes back to him having like Sable in the company and then like Trish Stratus and you know, like big chested blondes was kind of like his thing for a long time. Deborah. Remember when they brought Deborah in and she was like, cause she was, I think married to Jeff Jarrett. And then they had the whole thing where she was going to leave Jarrett. And then she was like, she was working with stone cold with, for a bit uh, when Stone Cold was, you know, kind of like going heel or he was trying to be heel, but people weren't really reacting to it the way that they thought he, they were, you know, because it's still Austin. People still love him. But, you know, like Sable, Trish Stratus, Deborah, all big chested blondes. Right. You know, and so everybody's thinking like that's Vince's type. That's what he's looking for. And then, you know, you see somebody like like Bailey, for example, that is not like a tiny blonde, you know, and she's a brunette. So she's doesn't have the blonde thing at all. And then there was people like on, I was watching, um, I think it was like the WWE video of like her cashing in the briefcase and then, uh, winning the SmackDown belt off of Charlotte, you know, at money in the bank. And people were like, yeah, that's a good moment, I guess for Bailey, but her chin's still too big. And I'm like, what the, f-? like of all the shit, of all the positive shit you saw in that video, you know, her, ca- her like winning the briefcase earlier in the night in the money in the bank match. And then coming out, cashing in the briefcase, winning the belt off of Charlotte in the crowd. Everybody's happy. And the only thing you can think of is eh, her chin's still too big. Like, really? That's the thing you're going to focus on. How like- about go focus on fucking yourself? <laughs> How about you focus on that douche? Like stuff like that just irritates the shit out of me. And then, you know, it's like everybody says that like, because she doesn't have like the supermodel type looks that she'll never be pushed as much as somebody like Alexa. And it's like the thing that the thing that Alexa does have going for is, yeah, she's really cute. We get that. But she, she has to be coached on her promos by Paul Heyman. Heyman has to work with her directly to make sure that her promos are good. And even then still, sometimes it's like Alexa's promos don't really work very well. I don't think Alexa looks as good as Bailey. That's me. No, to me, I mean, like Alexa's cute, but you know, it's like, let's say if you, if you had the two of them in a room, I would immediately look at Bailey and be like, damn, okay. Yeah. I like her. But also I'm not like super into like blondes anyway, because like my like my uh, favorite wrestler of like the attitude era that was female was Lita. 
Lita was not like a skinny blonde girl and she had tattoos and she looked like a tomboy and stuff like that. Now your favorite was Trish, obviously. She Trish, was blonde. Trish, yeah. So, you know, Steve did kind of give into the blonde trope on that one, but it's Trish Stratus. Who doesn't love Trish Stratus, right? Like, come on. I'm a Lita guy and I even understand why people like Trish because it's like, she's gorgeous. We get that. But she's also like a hell of a worker in the ring. She's Trish, also the greatest female wrestler of all time. <laughs> I, I oh man, I don't know that that's a that's a conversation for like a whole we, other we time. We talked about this before the show, and I think we yeah. kind of agreed. Total package wise, a female wrestler should inspire to be Trish Stratus, and Lita was great with some moves, and you know she was she was one of my favorites too in that generation, but she didn't have everything. Well, the difference Trish with did. the difference with Trish, and I, I, since we're on this this train, and this is a female centric episode, right? Because we're talking about Bailey. But if you look at the the Trish thing, Trish went from just being like a uh, uh, she was a fitness trainer, and then she she did some modeling because she did some stuff for some magazines. She gets brought into WWE, and you know, because Vince is like, oh my god, she's gorgeous. Put her on TV. She's gonna get like teenage boys will tune in like crazy. Which, the, the good strategy, because it did work. So it's like, well, we're going to bring her in as a manager, and she's going to manage Testin Albert. She fucking killed it as a manager and had, like, really no because wrestling Test training. Testin and Albert were both over because of her. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking Testin Albert. Who gave a shit about those guys until Trish, Trish became their manager? no one cared about either one of those guys. They were like, Trish. oh, fuck, it's Testin Albert. God, these guys need to like, fuck off. Well, Trish is the manager now. They're like, yes, go oh. Testin fucking Albert. Yes. Okay. Well, Trish is Mainly doing a good Trish. job. Trish right. was so awesome and empowering. She made those fuckers pick her up over the rope. Right. She didn't let them just sit down and make her walk through it. She made them pick her up and uh, over the rope and set her in the ring. Right. Yeah. Because it's like she's so precious that we have to make sure she's completely safe, you know. And, it, it, and that was something that was her idea whenever right. she first got signed before she was even a fucking wrestler. And right. When she became a wrestler. She became one of the best wrestlers in the fucking company. That's she invented why, moves that like women hadn't really done before. Yeah, like no women have ever done them before. And it's like, and Lita kind of brought a little bit of that because you didn't really have many luchador women. Yeah, because that could do some some stuff. And now everybody wants to do the fucking hair karana that are that are female, which is <laughs> fine. But it was just like Trish was a little bit of everything. She and could be a manager. She could be a wrestler. She could also do like the magazine stuff when she needed to do like the bikini stuff for the magazine, you know? So she was, she was kind of an all around threat and she was also good on the mic. She could do promos. Yeah. You like know, crazy. Like li- yeah. literally, uh, that's how she, she started was doing promos a as a manager where she did stuff with the, with the rock and she kind of embarrassed the rock a little bit. Right. And who's one know, of the best talkers of all time is the rock. And Trish is just kind of going toe to toe with him in a couple of promos that she actually had with the rock. And it was just like, wow. So I, I think Trish, you know, and Lita to an extent, but Trish was the front runner kind of showed people like, yeah, women aren't just this valets or like, you know, we like we can do jello matches or, you know, mud mud wrestling matches and then we'll do like, you know, photo shoots for the 
WWF magazine and stuff where we're in a bikini. She was like, no, I can be a manager. I don't have to just be like a valet where I just come out there. Like I'm actually a manager. I do promos for my team, you know, and then I can get in the ring and I can kick your ass. So she was multifaceted. And that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why I think like, if you were going to put like Lita picked up a different crowd because of, you know, her association with the Hardy boys and stuff. And so she had a different crowd. She had a different look. It was a a bit different for her, but Lita really wasn't a manager. She never really came in as a manager when she was with Essa Rios. Like she was kind of like that. But the thing is, is that Lita was never like super great at doing promos. Like she could do them. Wasn't spectacular at it. I'll admit that she definitely wasn't, but Lita's talent was more in the ring. That's what she was best at. Right. So if you look at it from the standpoint of like, if there was a woman from the attitude era, that was probably the complete package that you would say is the prototype of what they were looking for. It would have been Trish. The only other person that no, you they could say looking for that for women, because I don't think they really cared. No, they back then Vince, women, yeah, Vince but, just wanted models to make, you know, to that's put, what they fucking got with Trish. Cause she forced them to make, to, to let her do more stuff. Yeah. Because, she necessarily, and this is the thing that kind of like the comparison that I'm going to make with Lacey Evans. A lot of people were like, well, she doesn't know exactly what she's doing because, you know, she was a Marine and now she's a wrestler. That's not a bad thing. She has to learn the ropes. She's still better at promos than the man, Becky Lynch. Right. Not the last kicker, Becky Lynch. The last kicker was killing promos. Oh, Yeah. When they gave her this man gimmick, it was kind of like, well, you're gonna, it's you're gonna be, you're gonna it's be like, a little bit easier. Because I'm the man, and you don't want to fight me because I'm the man. It's like, what? It's boring. What Come are you talking some... about? Right. You've done the same promo since pre WrestleMania. Same thing with Kofi. It's like I like you, Kofi, but you've done the same promo since you won the title. Do something else, man. Yeah. Well, and that's the, I think that's part of it is that like, I don't think they know what to give Kofi because all of the good stuff that new day had went through Xavier because Xavier was the mouthpiece. Well now Xavier and big E are kind of doing the tag team thing occasionally. And Kofi's doing his singles run. That's the problem. Kofi really hasn't had to do a lot of his own promos because he had Xavier there to carry the way. It's like, what have you? To carry well, the weight. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You, you get in the battle with Kofi. And it's like, what have you done in the WWE? Why, why, you know, why do you have the title? You're just, you have the title because of the New Day. And it's like, I took 11 years to, to get this title. And I, you know, I finally got the title and all this kind of stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, it fucking took Shawn Michaels like 10 years. And he's the greatest in-ring performer of all time. Right. And what he had the to. What fuck are you talking about, Kofi? And and you also wouldn't have the opportunity to be able to do stuff like that were it not for Sean forcing Vince to pay attention to him. Yeah, literally, you should have never had it. Mister Perfect never fucking held that title. No. Razor Ramon never held that title. So you're saying that you know you're better than those guys, and that's your your main promo. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if that wasn't his main promo. But the fact that he's saying that that time is the reason that he deserves the title. He just, he just outlasted people and stayed in the company and stayed humble and you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, the thing is, is that like, not everybody can hold that title. One of the reasons why, you know, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall never really got a chance at the world title 
It's because Scott had a little bit of a drinking problem and he'd had a drinking problem for a long time. And I, I think there was something about that, that like Vince was maybe scared about. Well, Sean, Sean did too, but the difference with Sean is there was just no denying. Sean, the thing with Sean is that like, if you, if you slowed down Sean's push, like in like 95, 96, when he really started to heat up, like Royal Rumble 96 when he wins the Royal Rumble and he's going to have to go fight Brett for the title. When you see that, if you killed his push right there, your company probably collapses. Yeah, you, you, if you would have got fucking people, you would have seen the people that you seen the night before. The next night, you would have seen half of that. Because then it would be like, oh, they're not doing that with Sean. Fuck this. Yeah. I'm out of there. Because people were fully invested with Sean. He's the only reason you still have the WWE. To a degree, yeah, to a degree, because he was able to uh, to bridge that gap of like, you know, like the NWO stuff started, you know, Bash the Beach '96 over in WCW, and that was when they lost Hall, they lost Nash, and you know they turned Hogan in, into a heel and formed the NWO, and then you got you know Vince's like, well, fuck, I gotta do something with this, and Sean's like. Put me with with Hunter, and we'll we'll do something that will rival the NWO. You want to get ratings? You put me with Hunter, and then you know, you just let and me then do what I let do. let Daddy run this company. <laughs> let Daddy let Daddy save your 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 company, and then I have this, and then he created DX, which you know unarguably is a better organization than the NWO NWO because the NWO had like 40,000 members at one point 40,000 members DX was Shawn Michaels Triple H China Road Dog, Billy Gunn and X-Pac yeah that, and to a small extent Rick Rude but Rick Rude kind of jumped early but we the don't, we don't count we don't really count Rick Rude but yeah, the New Age Outlaws, Triple H, Sean, and X Pac. That is DX. That is the main nucleus of DX. But really, the main core that started all was Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and China. China. That was the original three. Yep. So that was the original three that Sean had to go off from. And then you're just like, you know, Vince is like, okay, let's see how this goes on TV. And then you hear, you know, the DX theme music, which is some of the most iconic theme music of all time. Um, and then you, you just get Sean on the mic, basically, and then you get Sean in the ring, and then you're just like, okay, Hunter, this guy that's basically been garbage of promos his entire career, is now better. And then through the next couple of years, he got even better, and then he became his own brand. And then China became her own brand. X-Pac yeah. became his own brand. The New Age Outlaws were their own brand. So that, you just, just from Sean, you just created like so much stuff to sell. Look at the Hall of Famers you built there. Yeah, all of them. Are <laughs> Hall of Every one of those people I just named yeah. are Hall of Famers. Except yep. X-Pac, is he a Hall of Famer? X-Pac is because of DX, yeah. Yeah, he's in because of DX, so... That's the only one I was I was questioning. I'm not saying that Xbox doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying that was, I didn't. You just know. weren't aware of whether or not. But yeah, the entire DX was put in, which includes China, which I think is is very good. Since we're doing kind of a female centric episode here, and it's you know Bailey centered, 
the the thing that's interesting is that like for a long time they didn't want to mention China and you know people were like well Triple H is distancing himself from that because he cheated on China with Stephanie and then eventually married Stephanie and had kids and he was kind of like I don't really want to like you know I I I yeah I did have a thing with China we were going out but like I really had my eyes on Stephanie and it's like eventually he got to a point where it's like Dude, you cannot deny what she did for the business. Well, the WWE always said it was the porn. Thing. They said it was her porn stuff, but it, but <laughs> she did the porn, original porn, with X Pac. Right. So X Pac was on TV after that, and she wasn't allowed back to the WWE. Yeah, double standards much. Look at how long it took for them to be able to be cool with Paige after her little sex tape with Del Rio got out. Xavier Woods was in those sex tapes. Yeah. And he didn't get punished. Nope. Uh, They gave him his own YouTube channel. They're like, hey, you can run the video game stuff for a WWE. We're going to give you up, up, down, down. And it's like. It's creepy. He's like touching women that's not asking him to touch her. Uh, You know, even in like little videos that I've seen where people are hanging out. And I don't want to call him out or anything, but that's just a little creepy, dude. I but mean, uh, but back to the, <laughs> yeah, it's and it's like you don't think of that kind of stuff with Xavier Woods, but it's like you know Steve's like I see videos all the time where he's being creepy, and I'm like I never see these videos, so I'm like I'm just watching totally different stuff, or maybe I don't watch a lot of stuff with him. Where he's just kind of like hanging out like, with people, whoa. and he's just like putting his hands on their shoulders, like. Hey, you want me a jacket in your face like I did, Paige? It's like, dude, you shouldn't even record it that, man. Yeah. And if you did, record and you really it, you should... screwed up her career by doing that, man. And if you did record it, you should have just like locked it away, locked it away, man. Good for you, but lock it away. Yeah, you you know you have that memory, but just yeah, the whole thing is just like, please just let these people have their own life. But so back to your point about like. You know, the members of DX, right? So you have Sean, Hunter, the New Age Outlaws, China, and X-Pac. So six members of DX. Here's the list of the people that were in the NWO, at least in some capacity, and more than just for like a day or two. Scott Hall, Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, Ted DiBiase, The Giant, uh, Sting, uh, Six or X-Pac. He was known as Six then. Vincent, Miss Elizabeth, Eric Bischoff, Buff Bagwell, Mike Wall Street, we know him as IRS, Bubba Rogers, Scott Norton, Randy Savage, The Disciple, Conan, Kurt Hennig, Rick Rude, Louis Spicoli, Dusty Rhodes, Brian Adams, Scott Steiner, Stevie Ray, Horace Hogan, Lex Luger. <laughs> like, and then actual, well, there was like NWO Sting, which was the fake Sting, and then there was real Sting. And then like Disco Inferno, David Flair, Tori Wilson, Bret Hart, Jeff Jarrett, like, and I'm, that's not even like, there was other people like Booker T was in it. Like when they brought it back in the WWE, Sean was in it for like, I don't know, like what, for like one pay-per-view at, you know, a certain point, like Sean was like a member of the NWO, like when they, when they brought the NWO back and it's like, but look at how many that people, was a fake member thing. it was a fake member thing. Okay. I don't quite remember that as well. Cause I really wasn't watching that. I remember them. that. Yeah, he fake joined the NWO. Oh, to like sabotage it? Oh, okay. That's totally a DX thing. That's a DX That's thing. That's a DX thing for yeah, sure. Yeah, but he did join it because I remember because they're like, yeah, you're in the NWO now. And then the pay-per-view happened. And then 
I forget the exact context, but he switched in music somebody and then he ripped off the NWO thing. And it was like DX. And he's like, he's like suck it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, so it, was well, like, it was literally like one month because yeah. like, Shawn Michaels is joining the NWO. And you're like, what? You know, what the fuck? Why well, is the, he's the founder of DX. Why would he you do know, that? Yeah. Like that. And then I think somebody, it was somebody in the championship match. And I think it was against Triple H. Oh, okay. And then he sweet chin music the person, and then Triple H pinned him one two three, and then Sean was like, "Yeah, DX baby, <laughs> yeah." Um, and I was like, "That's a total DX move." He was like, "Yeah, I'll join the NWO. I always <coughs> wanted to be a part of the NWO." And they're like, "Yes, we got him." And it's like, so Triple H is going to put up his title against, you know, Scott Hall, or it wasn't Scott Hall that he fought. It was somebody else. I for fucking forget. Yeah, I I don't really remember um, either. I remember he joined it for like just a hot minute, and it then was it was literally like a month for a pay per view. Just to get and through it that pay per view, just to kick somebody in the face. Okay, well then, you know that's a good payoff. If you get if you get sweet chin music in the face, that's or somebody gets sweet chin music and there's a betrayal and it's to show his allegiance to DX. I'm totally cool with that. That's fine. Cause yeah. Sean can do that shit and it's entertaining. Yeah. But, uh, but we'll take a break right here. And then when we, uh, we'll come back, we'll, we'll continue on our, uh, our Bailey defense journey here because we've not even scratched the surface yet. Really. I don't think so buckle up. I do have some negative comments that I found about Bailey and um, okay it uh, took place uh, not too long ago July 19th um, or June 19th unless it's like a different year I meant um, July the 2nd July the 2nd okay my bad uh, so um, it was about some of uh, Bailey's promos Oh, okay. <laughs> that happened on that day. Like, literally, uh, someone was just like, literally nobody talks like that. Nobody talks like that. So, this does get brought up. The Simon Miller thing does get brought up in the tweets. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, here comes another entry to Simon Miller's segment. Nobody talks like that. That was literally one of them. But, the thing, before we move on, the thing about that... No wrestler has ever taught like any person that's naturally in a conversation ever. The best promos of all time have all been 
stuff that no one would ever actually say in real life. Right. So the concept of that is dumb. <laughs> so just to put it lightly, even though I love Simon Miller from Lunch Culture on YouTube, you guys should definitely check him out. He does the ups and downs of every show. Yeah, and he he's a generally pretty positive guy like we are. Except like, very lately, like the last, I don't know, 7,000 years of episodes, he's been very, very negative. Um, he also is, he is very critical of Bailey a lot of the times, but very critical of Bailey hates all women. Um, <laughs> I would say like he mostly gives negative comments to women, but th- that could be subconscious. Maybe he doesn't know he's a sexist, um, <laughs> but, but he's got, he, he's got the mini you puppet, right? So but he fun. does like muscular people like Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. So he has that, which means. A little bit of a Vince complex. Little Vince complex, because those guys are also boring. Um, Bailey is not, and she does not do bad promos normally. And like we said, some of the best promos of all time. Like literally, he said, "No one talks like that." But yet, he was like, "The Undertaker's promo is awesome." No one talks like the Undertaker. No. So pick, pick something. Be consistent, man. Either the Undertaker's like garbage. Like you claim everybody else that says promos that doesn't sound realistic, whatever that means in wrestling. It's because, I mean, The Undertaker, that's the thing that always gets me is like people are like, when people say like, yeah, but nobody really talks like that. It's like, he's, a, okay, it's like, look at The Undertaker's character. He's supposed to be a dead guy that was raised in a mortuary. He murders people. He like literally murdered his own parents. If you go by the Attitude Era storyline, that he murdered his parents, set the mortuary on fire where they lived, and burned his little brother. Which Dwayne was Kane. Rock Johnson actually says, what's your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. Do you think he actually talks to people like that? No, if he did that shit at the airport, he would get detained. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he ended every sentence by saying, if you smell what the rock is cooking. No one talks like that. No. But no one, no one cares because these are punchlines. In wrestling. Yeah, like Ric Flair does a promo, and in real life, he doesn't go like, yeah, let me get uh, let me get those Jordan 3s, yeah, and the uh, the cement colorway. Woo! Like, he doesn't do that shit in he real life. He doesn't say, uh, whenever he goes to pay the bill, let me tell you something, Bill. Woo! Okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. I'm high fly, high profile. Woo! You know, he I got a $3,000 Rolex on. I got a $3,000 Rolex. Woo! You know, he, no one... Nobody talks like nobody that. Nobody talks like that, but no one wants wrestlers not to talk like that. Right. Because that shit is fun. It's it's what gets you into a promo. Like, you can go back to, like, like when the, the mega powers explode, right? It's Hogan versus Macho Man heading into WrestleMania five. There's that whole promo that Macho does. It's like one of Macho Man's like best promos he's ever done. The green rises to the top. No, that was WrestleMania oh. 3. That was Ricky Steamboat. This one was the whole thing about he's like Hulk Hogan. He was like, you say that, you know, you're, you know, you don't want any harm to come to Miss Elizabeth and all that kind of stuff. He's like, you get a little too close, you know? And he's like doing this whole thing. And he was like, uh, he was like, he was like, I had, I had everything under control and you want to come out and do your hot dogging and your grandstanding. And he was like, I had everything under control and you want to run out and get out into my match, you know, and And all this kind of stuff. Macho man. No one in real life talks like Macho Man at all. No. <laughs> so if you want to criticize, uh, here's another segment. No way talks like that. If you were in that generation, 
You would literally be doing that stupid ass promo every single time any wrestler talks. The million dollar man, like uh fucking yeah, macho man, the ultimate warrior. Nobody talks like that. Nobody talks like the ultimate warrior. No one talks like Scott Hall. No one starts off a sentence with like Hey, yo. Yeah. <laughs> no one talks like that, but would you be like, hey, Scott Hall, you're stupid, you're horrible at promos, especially Simon Miller being a wrestler. Right. He In, in another criticism, I actually have, I'm going to reverse it, of Simon Miller is he got owned in a promo at a wrestling event and then put it on his what culture thing to be like, no, I'm, you know, the to do his promo, he didn't do it live. He did it on his damn show. Right. So that just shows you how bad you are doing promos, but you're criticizing people like Bailey. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing too is that like I, you know, if if you do like if you do a show like ups and downs, I think a lot of times because they have to do you know he has to do this for Raw and for SmackDown as part of his what culture thing. I think a lot of times it happens, and it's like Simon, like, we we love you, we do. But sometimes it's like your your criticism will be inconsistent from segment to segment because you could see like like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens do a segment and Sami says something in a promo and then it'll be something similar to that in one of the women's promo. It might even be on like a moment of bliss. The moment of bliss thing gets a down, but the Kevin and Sami thing gets an up and it could be relatively the same thing. And it's like, just be consistent with it. Yeah. You know, because there's times like when he's like, he was like, ah, he's like Bailey's promo. I give it a down. And I'm like, why? He literally gave a match down one time because interference happened in a match earlier. Whenever he tells you that the rules of his show is segment by segment, but he literally gave a match down. He's like, it was a pretty good match. But there was interference in a match earlier that night, so I'm going to give this down because there was also interference in this match. It was like, wait, you literally say that you do segment by segment, but you gave the men in the interference an up, and the women with the interference a down. Right. So I just have a little issue with that because I feel like you're just going to give the women a down if it's even anything small and slight. Right. So... Like That's he's very what, critical of them and not, uh, he's not, not as much on the guys. He's like, it's fine. You know, it's like, you know, the one thing he did with like Ricochet, it's like his promos wasn't great, but I'll give it an up. And it's like, okay. I mean, but it's like might, Ricochet's it, promos generally get it down because he's not super it's, great it at it. It should have been a down all the time. Like anytime he speaks, it should literally be a down. Yeah. Because he's not good at him. Not yet. But that's, he, can, he can get good at him and that's fine. Then start giving him up, but he's not good at them now. Right. So, it's just, it would be like, hey, I like Shinsuke's uh, uh, promo because, you know, he said his name, so he gets an up. Because that's literally all I can say in a, a fucking English. <laughs> the guy's amazing uh, in, the, in the ring when he fights somebody like Finn Balor or AJ Styles or somebody like that. Didn't he have, like, a really good match with Joe at one point? I, I think he had a good match with Joe. Shinsuke can do matches with people that can do good matches. And Shinsuke isn't a guy that's going to put a lot of – I mean, he can put people over uh, – I, I like Shinsuke to an extent, but he right. can't do promos because he can barely speak English. Well, and that's just the thing. It's like the, the same kind of problem that Asuka has, you know, and it's like, that's the thing with, you know, a lot of the Japanese talents and it's not to make fun of like Io Shirai or, you know, Kairi Sane or, you know, any of the Japanese girls that are in the company, but it's like they, a lot of times like Japanese people, like when, when you learn to wrestle, Generally, you know enough English to be able to call spots and you know how to call the move out or like, you know, uh, 
you know, like uh, uh, drop down, body tackle, Hurricane Rana. They know how to say that kind of stuff. But sitting there and doing like a five-minute promo with a mic in your hand, they knew, they would know how to do it in Japanese. And if you see Shinsuke in something like New Japan, yes, he can cut a promo in Japanese. But if you try to do a Japanese promo in WWE, Vince would be like, "What what are you doing? You're talking. You're you're in front of an American audience. You know, like the promo needs to be in English." And it's just that's one of the things is that. No, I, I would literally, if you you hire a Japanese guy and you're like you can't you can't speak English that well, I would just be like, well then just do your promo. I would that's what I would do. I'd just be like, well, just do your promo in Japanese. So then, at that point, do you have like an interpreter in the ring with them, or no. do you subtitle it? No, because I think the point is the passion. I think fans re- respond to passion of stuff. Because there's been people that done promos that you can barely understand and fans can get behind. But if you just say having a guy in the ring that just says, I don't you know, Shinsuke Nakamura. And it's like, no one can get behind that. Eventually, it's going to go stale. Right. Well, and But if you have him in the ring, it's just like every now and then he might say something that's English that he knows while he's doing his promo. I think people will go have a hand more even if he can't. I mean, Tajiri was over as fuck. Yeah, Tajiri was the same way. Not really super great at promos. But he would do promos in Japanese. Yeah. And people liked it. They might not understand it, but they knew his purpose. They at least knew knew his emotion. Yeah, exactly. It's just like watching Telemundo if you're really bored. Yeah. You're like, I have no idea what they're saying because I don't speak any of this, but I, I get it. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if they can't speak English, okay, fine. Let them speak their own language. Let them at least do a couple minutes where they're speaking their own language passionately. And if they're boring in their own language, then you can't help them. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when you like when you watch like AAA and you see somebody like cutting a promo in Spanish and you're like, okay, I don't really, I know like a few words in Spanish. Or you got but... all these fucking announcers. You have all these, uh, uh, international announcers out there Yeah. on the fucking stage. If Shinsuke, um, you know, uh, cuts a promo, you can go to the Japanese announcers and just be like, this is what he said. Yeah. It's well, easy. Cause you like them. you employ these fuckers. Why yeah. not use them? <laughs> Well, yeah, because they have, like, Funaki and, um, I forgot the other guy's name, but it's, like, the, the other guy in Funaki that yeah. do the Japanese commentary. If Shinsuke came out and cut a promo, or say Asuka did, or Io Shirai. And, and either one of, any any of them in Japanese, yeah. you can just, like, cut to them, and they'd be like, well, they're saying, you know, this and this, and this and this, this is exciting, let's get to it. And then, you know, you can just cut <laughs> off of them and go back to boring-ass Michael Cole, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be the, the best way to do it. It's just like, instead of doing a, a half-ass promo, just do your promo in Japanese, and we'll cut to the Japanese commentators and let them explain. Right. Well, it's like the like when we watched, um, like, uh, after AEW's Double or Nothing, they had the, uh, like the, the, the press, like, the big press thing, you know, behind the the scenes. Cause it's, it's kind of like something that I think they're going to kind of borrow from new Japan. Cause new Japan always does like these interviews after the matches and stuff. And after the event, they'll do kind of like a big, like a press junket kind of thing after big events. And, uh, they had the, uh, they had a Karushita in the back with like, you know, her like merchandise shirt on and stuff, 
she spoke to the press entirely in Japanese and Michael Nakazawa, they were like, what, what did she say? And he was like, Oh, she was talking about her contract and she was talking about, she, you know, loved coming to America and, you know, she's very familiar with Kenny Omega because she's worked matches with him and that kind of stuff. So he's kind of breaking down what she's saying as she's doing the interview. And it's like, you know, I, I, I think that there's ways to use these guys. Like, you know, cause I heard like this thing that like, Vince at one point didn't really have any interest in Gail Kim because he didn't think that she was attractive enough to draw in a teenage audience. Because she wasn't tiny and blonde. Exactly, because she's like Korean, right? Isn't Gail Kim Korean? Or she's not tiny and blonde. Not tiny blonde. And because she's like Asian, he didn't feel like she was going to get over with the crowd. And it's like, it's like. you can go Vince watch of, Vince affair apparently isn't in with the Asian fetish of America, which right? Is, which is gigantic. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of old white dudes like Asians for some reason. Yeah. Apparently that, that train kind of missed Vince, didn't it? I guess so. Because uh, like when you look at the kind of women that but not, uh, one of the good brothers who offered up his wife, his hot Asian, Asian wife, his hot Asian wife, to AJ Styles. To yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to up the Annie. And it's like, poor it's, hot Asian wife. Yeah. Poor hot Asian wife. Just getting offered up. Right. Well, and that's the, like, she's working on the train tracks again. Right. <laughs> it's like, I, that, that, that kind of got me off guard. Like when I, when I saw <laughs> that and then when I saw Maria Canellas basically just perform spousal abuse to her husband on live television. Yeah. She's like, you're a bitch. Yeah. She called him a bitch multiple times. Said that he wasn't man enough to get her pregnant and stuff. And she wanted you know, to get her pregnant. She would have the man. She, yeah. She's like the only man that I see in this ring that could, you know, get me pregnant. It's Becky. It made me and, even more confused. I'm kind of like, does Becky have a dick? Yeah. <laughs> Is that why Seth Rollins likes her? <laughs> because he has a dick. Because she has a dick. It's like, are we, what are we doing with this? But I'm like, we literally. Are we going to find out that Becky's transgender? It's like, is that what this is going towards? No. Um, are they going to do this as part of a storyline? It's like, Becky's actually the man. She's actually a man. <laughs> she has a dick. And they changed the t-shirts from the man to, to a, a man. man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but the whole thing with it, that, that whole thing just like. I know people were like, oh, this is like a, I'm like, yes, I understand. This is like a throwback to the Beulah McGillicuddy. I'm pregnant. You know, when like, what was it? She was supposed to be going with like Tommy dreamer or was it? No, was it? She was going with Stevie Richard and she cheated on Stevie Richards with, with Tommy dreamer or something. And then like, I think Raven got involved cause we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that. Yeah. I don't later. know. I, but it's like that whole thing kind of reminded me. I'm like, oh, Paul's going back into his ECW playbook. If he's, Pulling that Beulah McGillicuddy I'm pregnant angle okay, with so Maria. But some of anyway. the more hate in the Bailey is like um, uh, this one person said that the overrated Bailey, no moves, no charisma. I don't know why young uh, P. Erpel like her. P. P. Erpel? <laughs> yeah. I think they meant people, but they spelled it P. U. P. L. E. Um, I don't know why P. Erpel likes her either. Um, that as Nijul, as Nijul, yeah, that's what the fuck these people are called. <laughs> so they're very dumb. Um, wow. So they said no. So they said no move set. What was the whole thing? No move set. No no charisma. Yeah. 
It says, the overrated Bailey, no moves, no charisma. I don't know why young people like her. Oh. So they're saying only young people like Bailey. Oh, like little kids? I guess. Which isn't true. I'm a 35-year-old man, and I fucking love her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same here. You know, like, because when we were first watching her at NXT, we were like, she's going to be Literally, one of the ones to watch. one of the first watch. matches we watched was a fatal four-way, and we were, we were both like, she's the best one in this match. She's going to be a star. This, this was a match with, you know, uh, uh, Charlotte, um, uh, Becky. Sasha, and Becky. And it's, you know, for people that thinks that she doesn't have a move set, you know, it's like, okay, exhibit one that I will point you to is the Iron Woman match that she had against Sasha. If you have no move set, how the hell do you fill 30 minutes? Yeah, that match was one of the best. The it, it, You can also look at the, uh, the NXT uh, championship match when she fought Nia Jax. She had to pull out all kinds of moves against Nia because of, you know, the size difference and that kind of stuff. So it's like for anybody who says that like she doesn't have a move set, it's one of the problems that I think the women have sometimes is that like like uh, case in point, one of the matches we, we were watching the um it was the uh tag team women's tag team match for the belt at elimination chamber and we actually got to see Mandy Rose do some stuff and you were like, "Oh shit, Mandy Rose is actually yeah, yeah, fairly yeah. good. She's pretty good." Because we saw her do moves that we had never seen her do before. And it was like, well, is this just for the pay-per-view? Is she breaking out new stuff? Or, like, has she always done these moves and they never give the girls enough time on TV to actually see any of this shit? That's or, one of the problems that you have. Or tell you if they, they have any type of background or not, like they, they will do and, you know, or they used to do. So, it is one of those things where it's like, hey, yeah, um, Mandy Rose came from, we're not going to tell you. Um, but she's pretty good if you actually get to see her in this context. Right. But to say that Bailey doesn't have a move set, it's like, if you think that, then you're just, you're not able to see Bailey at her full capacity. If you actually let Bailey go out and do like 20, 25 minute matches, like the guys get sometimes you will see some amazing shit. Yeah. And then there was this one guy that put like Ali G on there, like doing like the boring thing. And then a guy, I'm just going to say, um, a reply that happened right after that. Because, yeah, the first guy was just like, Bailey's boring or whatever, and had the allergy thing do boring. And then the other, another guy posted right below him, and he's like, I don't know if you thought this was cool, but it was, it's far from it. <laughs> um, then you had another guy that was just like, hey, Bailey. And I guess he thought he was talking straight to Bailey. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and somebody said the witch is dead he he i don't know what that meant <laughs> um i think that was okay. a wizard of oz comment yeah um are you are you currently lost in oz yeah maybe i guess What's... that guy might be um, <laughs> it's like what what is what the hell this is what happens when you allow any jackass with a phone and email the one post guy, whatever they the want one guy to. said is you don't know how to do promo you are a great wrestler but better than you don't know how to do a promo you are i'm sorry i'm, I'm having to make sure i can read this right because there's no commas or anything it's just like a giant run-on it's sentence it's just a run-on sentence <laughs> like it's really hard to read like this it's like it's like you apparently don't know how to read okay, or write on, i'm gonna read it like you wrote it real quick okay okay <clears throat> 
<laughs> this is going to be speed run. Be really stupid. You don't know how to do a promo. You're a great wrestler, but oh shit, this is really hard because it's so stupid. If you don't have okay, you don't know how to do a promo. You're a great wrestler, better than Ronda Rousey, but work on your mic skills. <laughs> Uh, oh man when, okay so when did they write that what was the the what was the date for that yesterday yesterday okay um the problem i think that they have is that a lot of times the girls don't get opportunities to do like 15 20 minute promos like the guys do when they open like a raw or something like that how many times have you seen like a raw or a smackdown like open up out of the you know, out of the little intro video thing that they do. And you just see somebody like Bailey, for example, walk out and get like a 15 minute promo. They do that for Becky, but this, the stuff that they have Becky saying, it just, it's like, it's really kind of, it's her promos are boring. And it's not because of Becky. It's because of what they gave her to work with. I'm going to beat up. Everyone that comes and fights me. Now get in this ring so I can slap your head off of your dopey, you know, dopey you know shoulders what, or whatever. You know whatever. what I think's going like... to end up happening with Bailey, And this this might be a fun, this might be what they're planning or if they're just kind of like, you know what, this is how this ends. I think what's going to end up with Becky is Ronda, when she comes back, Becky might still have the title and she just takes it. <laughs> and that might be what happens with Becky's fate. It's like... You know, I, I beat everybody up. I slapped the, the, the face off of Ronda, and then you just hear, like, I don't give a damn, damn about my, my bad reputation. reputation. And, and you see, like, Ronda just come out and is like, oh, you think you beat me? And it's like, let's go right now. Put your title on the line right now. And you just see, like, Becky, like, all right, let's go then. And just see Ronda just, like, walk down the ring and, like, within five minutes just have her tap. Yeah. Well, and that's because she, she technically didn't beat her. Her shoulder was still up. Yeah, that, that's know? the thing about it is a lot of people that are talking about it is like, yeah, literally you didn't even beat Ronda because Ronda's shoulder Yeah, you want to talk about slapping people's dopey faces and stuff like that. And it almost makes me think that they wanted to do like the, you know, get these hands, but they already gave that to Braun. So they're like, well, we can't have you tell people to get these hands. So we'll, we'll just, so, so we'll just say that you're, you're going to slap, you know, you're, that they're a bunch of dopes and you're going to slap their face off or you know, you're going to punch their dopey face in or so something with dopes in it, you know, and it's, <laughs> they might've actually told, um, Becky to be original. And she was just kind of like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I really haven't had to do that in a while, but you know, it's like, the thing is, is like when, when all those girls went through NXT, right? Like especially the four horsewomen, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha, when all of them went through NXT, who is the main guy running NXT? Oh, Triple when the, H. Well, no, no, besides that, I mean, who was there, like, as their trainer, their coach, like, every day, teaching them how to do promos, teaching them how to sell on matches, telling them how to put matches oh, together? Exactly. Dusty, Dusty, that's what I was going for. I was like, hopefully, if I keep going, you'll you'll know what I'm on to. Um, Dusty. And who is one of the greatest promo guys in the history of wrestling besides maybe Ric Flair and the rock and those kind of guys in Austin. It's dusty, right? <laughs> so if your teacher is dusty fucking Rhodes, you know how to cut a promo because you couldn't have gotten through NXT and gotten to the spot where you were, where you were a champion 
if you didn't at least have some promo ability because Dusty was overseeing all of that. And I, I think that a lot of times when people say that like their promos are boring, remember that the girls, the only, the only girl that probably gets the opportunity to do her own promos is Rhonda. And that's because she gets her ideas for her promos from Paul Heyman himself. One of the things that people have to remember is that these promos are scripted and given to them earlier in the day. So if the writers give something that sounds boring to us, to Bailey, she has to take that. And as Steve Austin would always say, you have to turn chicken shit into chicken salad. They gave you a shitty promo, but then you're like, fuck, I got to get this over. So I got to figure out how I'm going to deliver this. And that's one of the problems that people have is that a lot of these girls are not boring. Make yabba dabba do sound good. Yeah. And he's like, oh, like when they gave suffering suck attached to fucking Roman Reigns and people were like, nobody fucking talks like that. And it's like, nobody talks like that. Yeah. Uh, Nobody talks like that. Okay. uh, Let's, let's see if anybody talks like this Uh, for the people of you that do not know who Dusty Rhodes is. Does anybody talk like this? Nature Boy, 
Let me leave you with this. One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world that we're town. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real wolf champion. I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. <laughs> no one does promos like that anymore. What uh, you just played was one of the greatest promos by a wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. The Hard Times promo when he's going after Ric Flair for the World Heavyweight Championship. And that's natural if you watch it. He's so natural in doing it. He he's just he he doesn't seem like he's reading off the script. He doesn't seem like because he wasn't. Yeah, I mean he, he that's what that's what I'm saying. He doesn't seem like he had to memorize it. He doesn't seem like it was like, hey, you have to do this hard time promo. It's like, hey, you're going out there, Dusty. You're doing a promo against Ric Flair. You better buckle up because Flair, you know, puts together some good shit. And Dusty Rhodes did that shit, and Flair was probably watching it. You know, probably watching it, and he was just kind of like, holy shit. <laughs> Dusty kind of owned my ass on that promo. <laughs> probably like, I'm going to have to come up with something not better. I don't even know if there's anything better, but I'm going to have to come up with something good. You know, and then he has to go back and do something good, and the other person has to do something good. It challenges the actual wrestler to actually be creative, and that's how wrestling is supposed to be it's not whenever you're like hey these writers came up with this stuff and it's like oh okay good this is this is cute this guy must have wanted to write a novel and just sucks um this other guy this guy has never seen wrestling before and this this, is terrible for wrestling this is a movie writer yeah this guy right here he wants to write for the fucking you know for hollywood for Hollywood, and apparently he wants to write for goddamn Supernatural or something. What the <laughs> fuck is this? Right. That's one of the problems that you know they've had is that because you know I think what what happened was is that when Vince brought in all these Hollywood writers and he was like he was like well it doesn't you know he was because he was probably thinking he's like well in the future I won't have to rely on guys like a Shawn Michaels. Uh, you know, The Rock and Stone Cold and exactly The Undertaker. He was thinking like, I don't want, I don't want to have to rely on these guys to be able to put the company over. I can make stars out of anybody because I could take people who are just like okay in the ring and can do stuff. We'll give them promos and we'll just make people whenever we want to. The problem with that is that the, one of the reasons why you lose people like Moxley to AEW is because. Tony Khan, when he, when he started, he was like, we don't do scripted promos. If you fuck up on a promo, you Here, fuck up. Here's your Just script. do better next time. Here's your script, Dean Ambrose. And he's like, what the fuck is this? I don't even know how to read. Right? This is garbage. <laughs> no, no, literally, the stuff that he they, the, the, they had him trying to say is just... It was It was garbage. It would have been good for maybe someone different. But... The thing about writing something for people is you have to make sure that you believe that that person would say that. Right. Not what they're saying. Like, they can say anything. You it's know, conviction. You, that's... you could give 
a fucking you can give somebody a line like sucker and succotaz or whatever but it has to be the right part. You can't give that shit to Roman Reigns. Because <laughs> that definitely sounds very unnatural coming out of his right. his mouth. You, you know, you give it to like Damien Sandow or something like that in those days. You'd be like, <laughs> that's pretty fucking hilarious. You, you gotta, context. You got to hand it to the right people if you're going to write this stuff. But generally, I mean, part of their skills should be their ability to do their character their promos exactly so not everyone should have to be not everyone ever was like the biggest mouthpieces ever uh, bailey is is really good at it though by the way and she's really good at wearing jeans we found that out oh yeah um, <laughs> oh man yeah that got I... my attention as he did that uh, moment of bliss promo and it's like it, it's like it's also just it's so weird when you see Bailey compared to Alexa, like just height wise. Alexa looks like somebody's little sister. Yeah, Bailey's you know? like a kid. I mean, I mean, Alexa, Alexa looks like, like a, kid. a kid. Bailey looks like a grown ass woman. Well, she looks like a grown ass woman, and she definitely knows how to fill some jeans. Yes, you are definitely right about that. The two people in that company that can fill some jeans is Bailey and Naomi. Yes. Yeah. Which always sparks this debate because I'm always like the big Naomi fan, and it's like who has the best ass, and it's like I don't know. Bailey has an amazing ass too. It's difficult to compare them. That's not what we're getting into. That's not what we're getting into here. Uh, but Bailey does have the best ass, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and based on those genes, I'd almost be inclined to agree with you. But anyway, yeah, um, no disrespect, Deuce. No disrespect Deuce. Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, one of the Usos is doing very well for himself. Yeah. Dude's, um, dude's killing it. Dude's yeah. He's killing it. So, um, the, but the, the thing is, is that like when, when people definitely want to talk about her promos, it's like, you have to understand that like a lot of times she's just given this stuff. And that's one of the problems. Like this, one of the things that like Moxley said, like, uh, when he was doing his, uh, Wade Keller interview for uh, pro wrestling torch, uh, cause I listened to that whole thing. He did like, I think it was like two and a half hours. He did of an interview. They had to split up in two parts because Wade Keller was like, I'm going to release this episode. Then I'm going to do, or I'm going to release the first half of it and then release the other half, like the, like the next day or whatever. But this was the interview that he did after he did the talk as Jericho interview. It was like, I think the same week, but like later on and None of that matters. So, but anyway, I was just trying to plug Wade Keller's, uh, podcast, but, um, and that podcast, he was saying, you know, he was like, when it came to like the scripted promos and stuff, he was like, I don't even think you should be hired in, you know, to like work NXT if you can't at least do like basic level promos. He was like, you shouldn't be in the company if you cannot do a promo on your own with only bullet points. Because that's how they used to do everything. It's like, okay, mention the pay-per-view or the event or, you know, if it's Monday Night Raw, you know, put Monday Night Raw over. Like, okay, well, I'm going to fight you on Monday Night Raw. Whatever the goal is that you're trying to sell, whether it's a pay-per-view or an event or whatever, weekly TV, whatever. And you might have, like, maybe a couple of beats that you want them to hit. And then you push them out the curtain and let them go. You know, and he was, that's what he was saying is he was like, it's, if you're going to work for the company, he was like, if, if you think you can come into the company and like, we're just going to hand you lines and then you can be a star. He was like, that's not how you make, that's not how you make talent. He was like, not everybody's cut out to do this. 
Some people just can't do promos. They probably will never be able to do promos, but they, maybe they get by because they're really good at working matches or, you know, they have something else about them. Maybe they have like really cool t-shirts and that's what, you know, gets them popular, you know, or whatever the, whatever the thing is. Maybe they have like a catchphrase that they say that, you know, that gets them over. But it's like you need to have at least basic level knowledge on how to do promos. Bailey's one of those people. She could do a promo and not have to have any writers help her. Absolutely. You know, Charlotte can do that. Charlotte, you could give Charlotte bullet points. She can go out there and cut a promo against anybody. You know, but that's the thing is that a lot of times when people are posting those negative comments on Twitter and they're like, eh, her promo was boring or her promo doesn't make any sense. It's not her promo. It's whatever the Raiders gave her earlier that day when she showed up to work television. So it's people I don't think understand what that is. It's like she's trying to you make the best out of what they gave her, you know? Yeah, exactly. So is that the main thing that, that people are going to take issue with is just that they don't like her promos and then some people don't like the way that she looks and think her chin's too big or something? Yeah, I guess so. Really, Is that I mean... really the only thing that people... Because I've always heard people say like negative stuff about Bailey, but I'm like, I, I, we never really like dug into like what is the reason why people don't like her. And it's like, is it really that shallow? <laughs> it's very shallow. Yeah. Because I, I think... Because you've been over there scrolling for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Um, I think the main thing about Bailey is people just... Don't know why they, they don't want to like her. It's like something about her just doesn't strike them the right way. Like, and they're just trying to, like, make stuff up. But whenever they're trying to make stuff up, they really can't come up with anything. Right. So, it's it's really weird. It's kind of like a, a like, we, we don't like her, but... We don't really know why. Mo- no one really likes her. They either love her or they just hate her. Or they're just, like, apathetic. Yeah. They just, just don't really care. Yeah. And uh, so... So that, that that's basically um, the issue here. And um, if you guys have any comments about Bailey, you know, just email us at beyondthehateofyahoo.com. And if there's uh, something that you don't like about her, that because it's like there's she doesn't she's not nasty to people online, so you can't say anything about that. She's, she's insanely wrestler. good to kids. She always does like selfies, and she always does autographs and stuff like that. You know, I mean, within reason, of course, but. You know, it's like, it's one of those things. And some people, I, I even heard this one time that somebody was like, uh, they're trying to make her like the female John Cena because of all the bright colors and you know how she always is like, you know, trying to like do stuff for kids. And it's like, how is that like a negative? It's like, we're not like John Cena fans. Like I've never really been a fan of his except the thugonomics version of Cena because it, you know, it was different. But it's like, but the version of John Cena that was like, you know, you can't see me and all the bright colors. That's not for us. We're, we're dudes in our middle thirties. That's not for us. That's for like the eight year old kids in the audience that are like, you can't see me and like headbands and wearing all of his stuff. You know, that's that audience. Bailey's audience is a bit different because you have grown people that like her, like us, you have little kids that like her. 
teenagers. Yeah. You know, and it's like I think sometimes when when some people like in Bailey's case, because she's so nice and she's so down to earth that either people think she's fake or they think that she's lame. And it's like, no, being good to your fans and being positive and that kind of stuff, that's not lame. That's just being a good person. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, she's so positive all the time. What's bad What's bad about being positive all the time? Fuck that positivity shit. Yeah, that positivity shit's overrated. We base our entire fucking podcast off of being positive and looking at the good shit in movies or music or whatever we're covering instead of the negative shit because there's so much negativity in the world. Why the fuck do we look at somebody like Bailey who is super good with kids? She does stuff because she's done like... um. Uh, Make-A-Wish stuff before like she's visited like cancer kids and you know she does all that kind of stuff she's always really good with her fans because she's humble and then people want to hate on her for it you know yeah. it's like oh you're just this little goody two shoes or whatever and there's no edge to you it's like yeah there isn't so if you want somebody who has a little bit more edge to her like in terms of like somebody who has like maybe a different personality maybe you're an Alexa Bliss type person that's fine, but don't shit on Bailey because she's in her lane doing her thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, or like heel Sasha Banks when Sasha's heel. She has that, like, attitude to her that people like. I get it. I understand it. It's not to say that, like, you know, I, I don't like Bailey because of, like, I like this other person. It's like we like pretty much all the girls in the roster. I can't really think of a girl on the roster that they have that just I just do not care at all about. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head because I like generally what the only person back in the day probably would have been Eva Marie, but it's like, but she was, you knew that she really wasn't there to be a wrestler cause she didn't really care about the business. And you knew about that. If you watch total divas, she just, she was just a job to her. She didn't really right. care about wrestling and wrestling fans turned against her because they're like, Oh, well, if you don't care, then we don't care about you, you know? But it's, you know, I, I just think that like a lot of times when people want to be negative to somebody like this, it just goes to show you like positivity is always going to win out over negativity. And as much as people want to be negative towards Bailey, she's still, you know, the only woman to be a grand slam champion for the women's division. Um, and you know, she's, she's only 30. <laughs> so the thing she's won all these titles before third or like, you know, in, in like her late twenties and she, she could have like another 10 years in her career, depending on how things go. Right. You know? So it, it, to me, it's just like, let's just be positive and let's not hate on people for no reason. If you don't like somebody, that's fine. You, you can just boo them. But to go on Twitter and then, like, you know, say stuff about, like, your promos suck or your chin's too big, you know, you're ugly, like, all this stuff. It's like, why do that? What, why do you what do you, what do you get out of doing that to somebody? Just making somebody feel bad? Yeah, it's I, I just don't understand this stuff. Sometimes Twitter can be evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is uh, this has been Beyond the Hate. Bailey edition. Bailey edition. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, just to leave you with a little tease, hopefully that this is coming back very soon. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Peace.